Welcome to the Town Hall Academy on overcoming debt. Now, this is a problem for many small businesses, especially the shop professional. There are many ways that debt creeps up, and we have three panelists that have a lot of experience writing their ship. So, yeah, all that debt that we had to overcome and those struggles, uh, I will never I will never go back to that. I refuse to ever go back to the old ways of flying by the seat of my pants like most of us shop owners. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello, my friend. Nice to have you here and partaking in the original Town Hall Academy, the aftermarket's weekly forum for the forever aftermarket student, where we take a single subject each week, you know, and we openly discuss it for your benefit. Hey, you know, it just may be time to transform your shop with the only shop management system that will give you more profit and more time. Find out how shops using shopware are driving up their profit with more efficient staff and happier customers. Visit shop-ware.com and get a free demo. And here's important facts about Jasper. You know, they've got over 2,000 associates, three manufacturing facilities, two distribution centers, and 45 branch offices all across the country. And they're all working to produce, transport, and deliver the perfect product. Now, that's what they do best at Jasper. Keep customers happy so you can. JasperEngines.com. Hey, Carm Capriato here, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy, thanking you for being part of the digital streaming society. You know, you've discovered the value of podcasts in the aftermarket, and I must say that four and a half years ago now, I brought the industry this podcast, and it has done nothing but grow and improve, and I'm grateful for your support. You know, I know you've come to appreciate the voices, ideas, and trends that are helping to shape the future of the automotive aftermarket, and for that, I am proud to have you as a dedicated, steady listener. Now, we'll always set the pace and the trend for quality and value for aftermarket podcasts and always, always looking out for your best interest. Hey, this episode's talking points, my guests' bios and links to their previous episodes is at remarkableresults.biz slash A147. Listen, I talk about struggling shops all the time. This one is about debt. A lot of struggling shops get in there. Please pay attention. And I'm so delighted to have Kim Walker from Shop Marketing Pros, a former shop owner. A.J. Neely's here from Neely Auto Service in Edgewater, Maryland. And Tom Lambert, owner of Shade Tree Automotive. Now, they each have a story about managing their debt and making sure they don't ever get into that tough spot. They share their wisdom for you to help you cope, dig out, and even prevent debt from getting a grip on you. I've been on a soapbox lately about struggling shops and how are we going to help uh, shops in in our world and, and some of them have a little weight on top of their shoulders and that may be that they they owe some money and um, every once in a while I get up and I say you know have you cashed a paycheck in the last three to four weeks because you want your team members to get theirs not to bounce maybe not yours are you on credit hold with your suppliers um How's the rent? Are you worried that you may get a notice because you haven't paid the rent in a while? And what about sales tax and quarterly state and federal filings that you owe? And what about the fact that you've got money just loosely laying around in the checkbook, forgetting where it's owed to, and you end up spending some of it and that gets you in trouble? One of the things that I know AJ is 
you got to ask yourself, how the heck did you get into debt to start with? That's question number one. Why'd you get into debt? Is it, is there a profitability issue? Um, is, is, is there, is there no vision, clear vision? Is there no, no one holding you accountable? Yeah. Do, do you have a, 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 a good hold on the finances and the numbers of your business? Going back to that question, why are you in debt in the first place? Like if, if I'm just going to look at my own story, when I kind of moved into this new location three years ago and went from one bay to nine bays, it was an overnight thing. So I was, I had the vision and that was the motivation. And then as the symptom of that, uh, or the after effect was getting into debt. So I've maxed out every credit card. I mean, the, the, everything you can think of. If if there's another reason that you're in debt, that's a fundamental issue, like not paying your taxes, not being able to, to pay your employees. Um, and it, it wasn't like a single event that led to that as a result. Then there's, there's just a fundamental flaw in the business itself. So it's almost like two different ways of looking at it. So my own personal story wasn't I knew the numbers and, and the fundamentals of running the business and, and, and making sure to manage that correctly. Um, but I had an event, which was the purchase of this new location. And then as a result, needing to invest in equipment and things of that sort that caused the debt that I got into. So there's two different ways of looking at it. We need to get into this a little deeper, AJ, and you bring up such important points. And that is, if you're going to borrow that kind of money, be it private or be it, you know, through uh, an institution, you've got to have the means to pay it back. And, and sometimes we get into trouble like that. And Kim, I guess if you admit you've got a problem, you could probably get help. But if you don't, you could be drowning in a sea. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. I mean, isn't that the first rule to any sort of like AA or addiction stuff or problems is it understanding what your problem is and admitting it? I think where we kind of went wrong is what AJ just hit the nail on the head with is there was a point in our business where we did not know our numbers. We didn't even know what we didn't know. So I I mean, I echo what he's saying there about knowing your numbers. Once we knew our numbers, we realized, oh man, we've got things to work on. And so that was definitely a big part of it for us. Absolutely. Good for you. AJ, you're, you're, you're fixing yourself. You're making it right. Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, again, I knew why I got into debt. Again, it wasn't just something that snuck up on me like, oh my gosh, I can't pay my taxes. That that has never occurred. First off, yes, you need to understand your numbers. I, personally, I'm involved in, in uh, with RLO's bottom line impact group. So I've got almost 20 other shop owners that are kind of like my board of directors. So if I start running into issues, they hold me accountable and we re- reciprocate that as well with the other members. So I understand the numbers. And then as far as getting out, I, did, I have put together like a debt snowfall plan uh, that uh, is something that, you know, Dave Ramsey's kind of talked about, you know, with Financial Peace University. I know, Ken, that was something you want to talk about. So, yeah, there's a plan in place to get that wiped out uh, in three years. Good. Uh, and I do want to talk about the, is sales. Will sales help? Will, uh, will cash management help? Will expense control help? I want to talk about all that. We've got, you know, we've got some wonderful, great guests here and, and a really good topic. Tom, what AJ was saying about knowing your numbers, I really want to dig a little bit into P&L and I want to talk about balance sheet. And I want to talk about that up front, as painful as it may be for people to have to say, oh, I don't want to hear about that. You know, give me some tactics. I think it's so critical to, to know your numbers. And, and as AJ said, he's got a board of directors that helps him with numbers. 
But can we mention the fact that there's very mu- there's a lot of great information on the balance sheet? Yes. Yes. Well, that's the thing too. Here's the here's the thing. So, uh, just not to interrupt anybody, but uh, the one book that I finished reading recently was great, called Profit First yep. by Mike McCallowitz. Yeah. That that when it comes to, I'm not an accountant by trade, right? So, for me daily, I, I use an app called Mint uh, that I log into. It's got all of my accounts linked on there, and I just look at that daily. And at the end of the day, I just want to see the bottom line, right? Um, my P and L statement might say I netted a crap ton of money, but I look at my bank account and it's not reflected. So where did it go? Why is that the case? And uh, with that book with Profit First, for example, by, by breaking up your account into like say five different buckets, uh, Profit First, so you're going you're gonna to apportion a certain uh, percentage of the, that income, that day's income into that account. So pretty much at the end of the day, I can again lo- log right into those accounts. I know exactly how much money is in there into my profit account. Uh, and then I can delegate the rest of the funds to pay expenses, pay taxes, owner's comps, things like that. Th- thanks for that, AJ. I did interview Mike McCallowitz. We've done uh, an interview with him. Uh, I've read his book. I couldn't put it down. I thought it was one of the most important reads for people in our industry. And then we had a Profit First Town Hall Academy on this. So anyone who's listening that wants to, hey, what's AJ talking about? The podcast can bring you great resources. And the book appears on our books page on the website. Now, Tom, let's talk about the balance sheet. Uh, can you give us some guidance and some uh, some pointers? Yeah. So just like AJ was saying, uh, you know, you can look at your profit and loss statement and it'll tell you you're well, it should tell you you're doing really good. I know mine shows that I've got uh, a lot more money I made this year than what's in my bank account. So the balance sheet basically tells you where those profits went. So, so if you make say a hundred thousand dollars and you've only got fifty thousand dollars more in your bank, where's the other fifty thousand, right? So you go and look, and you start looking in areas like inventory. It's basically usually an inventory or it's in accounts receivable, you know? So you've got to really know, okay, do these match? Did I really make that $100,000? And if I did, where is it? You should be doing that monthly. You know, monthly I go through, I got my management numbers that I look at daily, weekly, and monthly. And then you really use your profit and loss once a month to make sure your management numbers are accurate. And then the next step is to go to that balance sheet and make sure that your profit and loss statement is accurate and you're not making false profits. Thank you so much for that. Um, a scenario that goes on a lot for successful shop owners is they'll sit down with their accountant at the end of the year and says, hey, good news, man, you made $100,000 and you owe a little extra taxes here. And uh, you have a tax bill of 18000 Pick a number. He goes, I don't have the cash for that. Trust me, this happens all the time in all businesses, doesn't matter if it's the service professional business or plumbers or carpenters or electricians. And it's because we have poor cash management, uh, uh, AJ, which is why Profit First is such a, a great, great concept. But to the point that you brought up, which was so important, if you don't know where the cash is, it's going to be in an asset account. It's going to be, you know, you're going to look to see what what accounts receivable you have, but there's also another account on the balance sheet called cash on hand. And that probably is what you basically really have in the bank. And you're wondering, you know, where did all that money go? You invested it. But the other part of the, of the balance sheet that's so important is to see the payable side, the short and the long-term 
loans or, or debit that you have. And if you're crazy enough to get a line of credit with the bank because you owe that back and sometimes they let you just pay interest, all of that stuff, it weighs on you as to, how, you know, it really shows the debt that you're in. Have you three seriously taken a look at the balance sheet and, and back in the day when you guys were struggling and Tom, you've got an interesting story about buying your dad out and he had a lot of debt. We want to hear an, on how you, you, you recovered. The weight of that debt helped you become better financial statement manager? Oh, for sure. I definitely, uh, I've, it hasn't been that long before since I was figuring out how to pay payroll the day before payroll. Cause you know what I mean? We were showing we were making money, but same thing showing I make all this money, but it wasn't in my bank account, you know, where is it? So, so yeah, all that debt that we had to overcome and those struggles, uh, I will never, I will never go back to that. I know my financials inside and out front to back. That's what I spend most of my time doing just cause I refuse to ever go back to the old ways of flying by the seat of my pants. Like most of us shop owners began our career doing. You went on record to say that you had $300,000 worth of debt. You told me that. Yeah. And um, what did it feel like to have to climb out of that hole? You know, you'll notice there's some good shiny spots right here. You know, I haven't even hit 40 (laughs) yet. And there's some, there's some stuff missing up there. There's kind of this, some wisdom down here in this beard that we got, you know, but no, to, to climb out of the debt felt good, but to have that debt just felt unsurmountable. You know, it was just, so the problem was we had that debt and we got on payment plans to repay that debt. So then we would we would slowly pick away at that debt slowly but surely. But the problem was is all the years that uh, we had been racking up that debt, we had already written off those losses. So as, you know, as I'm paying off, so say I have a good year and I pay down $100,000 of that debt, I take all my income, I pay down that debt, then when tax comes along, I made $100,000 that I don't have. I've already expensed that debt. So it was just never ending. So it was just like I would pay off this tax debt and rack up this tax debt. So it just always, it just did this. It just shuffled along. It never went away until I finally, you know, I had to, honestly, I had to go big. I had to go borrow money to pay off all that debt and uh, in order to be able to qualify for a loan. Luckily, my dad and I uh, were business partners at that point in uh, in a couple of properties that I had equity in, but I couldn't access that equity because we had tax liens. You can't, nobody's going to lend money to you if you got tax liens, especially attached to the properties that I'm trying to borrow money against. So I had to take out, I had to get with a hard money lender. I wouldn't advise necessarily doing it. I pulled it off, but I had to, I had to get with a hard money lender to lend me that money to pay off the tax debt. And then I had to go to my credit union once that tax debt was gone, pull equity out of the building to pay off the hard money lender. And then everything was manageable from there on out. But there was definitely a, definitely some scary times going through that, that transition. So. What, what I'm hearing from Tom in, in the reflections of what he just said is he was determined he was determined to be in this business, determined to pay it back, determined to move forward instead of just, you know, walking away from it and, and having, you know, a bankruptcy filing. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, I, I had thought about that too, but it just didn't sit right with me and uh, it would have affected my team a lot. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to go and tell them I was going down that road. So, 
we, uh, we pulled up, you know, we did it, we pulled it off. And obviously I did a ton of research and stuff before we started pulling the trigger on those things. And luckily I just had some good people around me, you know, some vendors and stuff that were very flexible with me at those times that helped me get through it. And I had a very understanding team that, uh, uh, had to hold paychecks a couple days, you know, several months in a row for me and stuff why I pulled that stuff off. So, uh, it was definitely humbling for me and has made me a better person, a business, better business owner. Uh, uh, for sure. But it was, it was a stressful time. But you shared with your people. Oh yeah. yeah. They, they knew what you were going through. They knew, they knew, they know whether you talk about it or not. You know, everybody on your team knows what's going on. They can see it on your face. I make it a point. My whole team knows everything financial about this place uh, on purpose now, because I just, they stuck with me through those times. So now it's very important every month I'm or, uh, almost every week, but for sure every month, during meetings, I share everything. I share all the way. If anybody wants to know, they can go sit at my desk and see how much money I got in the bank. I ensure them how financially stable this business is because that's in the hierarchy of needs. You know, just knowing that you've got an income and a, fa- a safe place to work that's going to stick around for years. That's like number one on the, uh, that's the base of the pyramid, right? So I make sure I share all that stuff. Uh, I didn't necessarily share every little detail with them when we were you know, up, you know, what Creek, but, uh, but I share every detail with them that they need to know now. So that they just, they know that I'll never go back down that path. Hey, Carm here. Now think about your shop management system. Isn't it the center of your business? And most of us are running on systems that are decades old and you know who you are. It's time to change and get the benefits that a modern system can bring to your business. Shopware shop management is a cloud powered management system that gives your staff and your customers the end-to-end digital experience that they expect. With Shopware, you can see every job and view work updates in real time. And you can manage your shop from anywhere with any device. And that's becoming more important than ever. You'll see your customers interact with digital work orders and buy services from you more often with less effort. You can earn more parts profit with just the click of one button and with less paper, too. You'll also get improved efficiency from your staff. Do this. Request a live tour of Shopware at shop-ware.com. Look, it's time to make the switch and get started making more money with a powerful modern business tool designed to solve your biggest challenges. Carm here with Russ Hayes. Hi, Russ. Hey, how you doing, Carm? How long have you been with Jasper? I've been with them for nine years, but I've been working with them for since uh, 87. Do you love Pistons? I love pistons. Why do you love pistons? I'm a hot rodder at heart, uh, mechanical engineer, drag race most of my life. And pistons really and how they're sealing and, and what you can end up doing is an extremely important part of the engine. It makes so much in how it holds the rings and what rings you add to it and the advantages that you have. In the later model engines, uh, we have to redesign a lot of the pistons and we do our own design just to make them seal better and last longer i'm looking around here i see all kinds of pistons are these prototypes no they're actually some oem with some failures common failures and then what what our solutions are to them in my life i've uh, been responsible probably around 600 or so applications of pistons between about anything you think about that has a piston your middle name is russ piston Russ, the professor. (laughs) Thank you, Russ, a member of the 100% associate-owned company at jasperengines.com. 
Kim, uh, there's always a way out, right? There is. Our story really has a lot of parallels to Tom's, but um, really where it's, so we had gotten into that point where we really felt like we were doing really, really well. We were in AMI. We had done management success. We were getting involved in the industry and using coaches and that sort of thing. And then we had a road construction project that um, it came in. And let me back up a little bit. We had gotten to the point where same thing, Tom, our staff knew, everybody on our team knew what was going on. And we told them everything. And we're talking about closing the doors and they all rallied behind us and said, absolutely not. We're not doing that. And so we dug in deeper, pulled us out of the pit that we were in. We were doing much, much better. We had that scenario, Carm, where you were saying that, you know, the CPA says, Hey, you need to spend some money here at the end of the year. And so we, um, we did that and things were looking really good when the road construction project came in and um, really wiped us out. We lost about $15,000 a week in revenue um, from October through May. I want to say in December, we pulled up. So in October, we pulled up and there's cones and barrels everywhere. And we're like, what is going on? We didn't, we had no idea. They were adding a turn lane. So it was a major construction and we specialized in Mercedes, BMW and People didn't want to bring their car through that. So um, we we handled it until we couldn't take it anymore, which was in May. And that's when... Um, and by the way, just talking about hard lenders, you know, we went, went through... This was 12 years ago or so. But it's where they take a portion of your credit card sales and that's how you pay it off. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it's called. So that's what we did. And uh, that was the only possible way for us to find funding and get through the hump and get on to the next phase of what we were trying to do. Interest rates were ridiculously high and it's almost like a payday loan sort of thing that you hear about, right? But it's for business. And so it was awful. I'm saying all this to say, you know, Tom did not take that bankruptcy route and we are very strong in our Christian faith. So when when push came to shove, we were like, there's no way out. That was the only way out for us. So our story is to say that there's always a way out. You just may need to back up a little bit, kind of look at the whole picture. You may need to get some advice from some, from some different people, um, but there's always a way out. For us, it was bankruptcy. And even though I wrote that check Every month for six years, you would think I would remember chapter whatever number it was, but I think I've just pushed that aside. But we chose the one where you pay back. And so um, we had to close our business. Wow, I'm, 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 I haven't talked about this like this in a long time. So um, try not to get a little emotional, but we did. We closed our business. We had 10 people on our staff, um, had to let all those people go. And um, there's more to these talking points. I'm sure we'll get to the other ones later. But you know, about downsizing is something you may need to do and making the difficult decisions and and that sort of thing. But there is always a way out, even though you feel like that weight that you're talking about, Carm, and how heavy it is, because there's more to your business than just you. We realized that we were putting food on families' tables, yeah. and so when you have to let people go. It's an awful, awful, awful feeling. You know what happens? You said it so nicely, but here comes the road construction and you want to save everybody's job. I mean, I heard it in your voice. 
ultimately they they all had to go because you you really got in some deep trouble but you want to save everybody's job if you've never had to do something like this you don't really have any experience to know what to do and where the downsizing needs to come into and how if we're going to lose $15,000 a week how do we live under that revenue number and you know and the profit number how do you learn to live probably by the second week you had to start laying off but you still said we can do this we can do this it's the train up the hill and uh, the proof in the pudding here and and you could tell this to a million people that have a road construction project and trust me i know what that's about i know the hurt that can come from it and you just look the other way for too too long and you're getting some really deep doo-doo yeah that's one way to put it we did that's exactly um you know in business you you have to you have to be a business person and that includes having a heart, but that also includes having yeah. a head. And so um, what we should have done was downsized. We should have laid people off, but we didn't. We paid our technicians and service advisors and even, you know, and just everybody in the whole organization. We didn't let anybody go, not one person. And um, and that's where we went wrong. We paid, we we didn't pay taxes, we paid our staff. And so that's building up building up, building up until, you know, as the government can do, they say, well, wait a minute, you owe us that. Let me put my hand in your account and take it out. And so um, that happened twice, just so happened to be right around the time of payday. Um, and so, you know, yeah, it, it was, it, we had some really hard times. Thank you for being so transparent and um, forthcoming. I'm AJ. Kim brings up such an important event that happened in her life. If she sat down and started to do some forecasting and good, better, best scenarios, could that have helped? And can you give us some advice on that? First off, Kim, that, that's first I've heard that story. And that's like just heartbreaking. Uh, I couldn't imagine going through that. And, and so we talk about events that can get you into some serious debt. Th- there are also different types of events, those that are of your cause. And then there are those that are completely out of your control. And that's an event that is completely out of your control. And, uh, that that's, that's the hardest to predict and, 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 you know, building, burning down things of that sort that, that you just, that you need to be prepared for. So we're talking about getting out of debt, but also I want to make the point too, that to plan for those unexpected events, um, insurance, right? That's that there's, there's business disruption insurance out there that can kind of help alleviate the pain of, of something like that. That's unpredictable and something that's, that's out of your control. Going forecasting is concerned. Certainly that, that definitely helps. It's something that we do in our group every year, uh, right around this time, we're going to start putting numbers together for, for the following year to, to understand our good, better, best scenario. Um, and, you know, of course, incorporating, uh, with that, this, you know, so you have, you have what you, definitely foresee as uh, a, the, a real possibility. And then of course, throwing out the stretch goals as well. So we put a good, better, best for this year and we're in the middle, we're going to hit our best scenario. So we're really happy about that. And, um, but by doing that and looking his, at historical numbers, you can understand where you're going to be. If, if there's expansion that's going to be going on in, in the, in the, in the upcoming year, you're going to be adding a technician or a base. So you're going to understand that there's a possibility for additional growth in there. Um, the, the forecasting and the budgeting helps 
Uh, and also as a result, if, if you know what your, if we're, again, if we're going to go back to that PL sheet and look at what that, that net profit is, we know exactly what we can apportion that net profit as far as what we should be putting away for our bucket of tax, what should we be putting away for our owner's compensation, uh, operating expenses, you know, all those different buckets that we're talking about. So, um, the, the forecasting is, is, is mission critical. Now it's just a couple of notes I had here that I wrote during the other conversations here. But, you know, again, we talk about that board of director directors to have around you, everyone, those that have run, I actually, I've run into this situation too. Like we were talking about where you say you made this amount of money and then like November hits and all of a sudden, Oh, I got to owe this much to the government. Those that should be at your table, as far as board of directors, number one, man, get a good CPA. I mean, that is mission critical. And you can't just don't talk to them at this time of the year, every year, you need to be talking with them quarterly on a regular basis to see where you're at, see where your numbers are, making sure you're portioning the correct amount of funds away into an account you don't touch. So when it comes time to the end of the year, there's no, no need to do unnecessary capital expenses and, and, you know, buying equipment just to drive that liability down. There shouldn't be a need for that. It should all be planned. So at the seat should definitely be a CPA, definitely uh, a financial advisor, lawyer, a great insurance guy. All of these should be there and in place that you trust, uh, that you can tap on. And, any, and these should be people. They shouldn't be an online source somewhere. These should be individual people you can sit down with so you can properly plan for these things. Uh, so these unexpected, uh, uh, you know, whether tax liabilities or, or events, uh, they don't hurt as much. And if we follow kind of like what Dave Ramsey's uh, baby steps is, you know, step one, emergency fund, get, get some cash thrown in an account. Step two, start driving down that debt. Um, uh, and then step three, and, and we talk about the short-term debt, like your credit cards and things like that. Step three, start throwing, uh, get that three to six months of expenses also thrown away and it often into account. So if something unexpected does happen, you've got a cash reserve that you can just pull from, you're ready to go. And then, continue on down the line to, to the to the longer term notes to pay down. Thanks, AJ. Three three months of reserves. Some people say four or five. It depends on you know the, the size of your business and how much you have to have there. But let's jump in, gang. Let's let's offer our listener as this podcast will be you know on the world wide web uh, evergreen for for a long 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 time for people to listen. Let's talk about expense reductions. Let's talk about you know disciplines on credit cards. You know, work with me here. Let's let's share. Scrutinize every line, every line item on in the expense department. Um, scrutinize every line item, and you know when it comes to those things that you that you renew yearly, uh, like insurance, for example. You may love the guy, but you got to keep him on his toes. So it's always good to get some additional quotes out there uh, to keep things in line, and that can be said for a lot of different things. Uh, credit card processors, you know, that might be a very small percentage, but gosh, you know, just if you, if you amortize that over, over a, a lot of time, it could almost pay for an employee. So, um, yeah, scrutinizing every line item, but also too, I mean, there's also a chance that maybe you're just undervalued for the market. So you may even want to look at not necessarily the expenses, which should be step one, but are you profitable and are you charging correctly? Are your margins in place? You know your gross profit on your part, your labor, all those types of things. That that's that's fundamental. That should also be uh, part of that first round and trying to just making sure you you are more profitable. Yeah, for me, uh, very very similar to AJ. I believe that uh, number one step when you're when you're running your projections for the next year, you should be looking at uh, 
what you expect your expenses to be. That way you should be figuring out what you need your, your sales and your gross profit to be to cover up those expenses, right? And then for me, you know, not to keep giving Dave Ramsey so many plugs uh, on the show, but uh, it's made a huge difference in my personal life. I'm completely out of debt, everything but my home uh, as of just the, just this month. So it's a good feeling right now uh, compared to where I was a few years ago. But for me, uh, especially with as much money as I touch, you know, I'll touch $3 million every single year. So when uh, I got that... Uh, you know, that little piece of plastic in my hand that I can, I can just keep swiping that thing for whatever I want. You know, I can, I can take four people to lunch with every, with me every day. I could just swipe that little plastic thing. It doesn't affect me at all. You know, I can uh, leave $40 tips doesn't affect me at all. Um, that's kind of where I got to the point of is I just didn't really, I just didn't really value how often and how much I was swiping my card. I just didn't, uh, I didn't control my expenses. I just keep swiping at the end of the month then I'd go through and categorize it and away we went. So for me, I really have to watch myself uh, to stay out of those habits because those are, those are habits that I just grew up around and are instilled in me with uh, the Lambert family. not afraid to spend some money. I own my business. I do $3 million. There's nothing I can't do. So buy it, buy it, buy it. Spend, spend. Spend, yeah, that's what we yeah. always say. Yeah, unfortunately, you see it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've helped some other shop owners kind of get back to being profitable and stuff. And usually, three months into being profitable, they're they're usually doing a little shopping, and it, it's hard. It's a it's it's a bad habit, you know. But yeah. uh, for me, I just have to look at my i i i do my i do the Dave Ramsey budget even with my shop. I I, I break up all my categories and say I've got this much I can spend in these categories. And I fill out my spreadsheet every every couple of days so that I that I know what I've done. And I admit up front if I'm gonna spend that much money on whatever, you know what I mean? If I'm gonna eat two thousand dollars every month, at least I'm gonna admit it up front and know that I've got a uh where I'm where I'm at in that running. So that helps you me know, a lot, just tracking it. That that's one thing that you know, people come to your shop because they don't know how to fix their own car, right? Or they don't have time or whatever it is. We have to do the same thing in our businesses. If there's something that we are not good at, we have to get professional help at that. And um, we just did it again this year in our business that we have, our marketing agency that we have now. We worked with the Small Business Development Center, which everybody has. They're all across the country. Um, yep. And we did really what you were talking about, AJ, which is scrubbing our financials. And the amount of money that we found that was going to waste, even though, right? We'd already been down. We're still doing the whole Dave Ramsey thing. We thought we knew our numbers, but until we sat down and looked at it on paper and went, like you said, line by line, we're like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that subscription that we had. I forgot that that's automatically coming out every quarter, so on and so forth. And so the amount that we freed up was pretty incredible. And that's one thing that I think a lot of people forget to do is to literally sit down and look. Like you were saying, Tom, on a personal level, but also in your business as well. Mm -hmm. And who else has access to your cards? You know, we have our vice president um, has a card. And so while he always checks with us on anything, the thing is, everybody that's having access to your account, you need to look and see what's really coming out of that. Where is it go? Where is it going? Categorizing it, making sure that you're being a good steward of what you have. Yep. Well, I love this. Uh, I love the word scrub. And, you know, AJ, to your point earlier about um, about profit first, 
what a way to scrub your costs because if you if you follow the profit first methodology then you have this one account left it's kind of if you will the general fund after you've allocated everything and you got to run your business out of that number so if it's if it's heat and it's light and it's uniform and it's lunches and it, whatever and all of a sudden you run out of money in that account then it, let's go back to the fact that yeah uh, labor rates yeah sales no doubt can can help and and they're a tactic and a very important tactic are we marketing our business the right way you've got sales uh, with a margin and then you pay bills out of that gross margin dollar number and and in the profit first scenario that's the general fund because everything's out of it that's that's the biggest problem is if someone was looking at their bank account every day they signed on and they saw the money in the bank Okay, I can spend that money. Tom, swipe, 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 buy, buy, <laughs> buy, buy, buy. And what happens is it just takes a year of total lack of discipline and you're in deep trouble. Wow. Um, hey, listen, I want to go around for a final comment. I, I know there's, we probably need to do this again. We probably need to come now that we've kind of, if you will, established the big picture of overcoming debt. Maybe you guys would come back and we could do some tactics, individual, exactly what we did and how we did it and what you need to do. That would be so cool to be able to do that. Thank you. Tough for you to talk about. I appreciate your honesty and transparency. Let's figure out you know, a whole group of tactics and, and do a part two, if if you would. I'd, I'd love to have you all back. I, I think you, you really nailed it. Any final words to, uh, to help our, 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 uh, our people who are struggling in our industry? Yeah. So two quick things. One is don't be ashamed of your story. We lived with that for a long time. You know, oh, we went in bankruptcy. We closed our business. 10 people lost their jobs, even though another time I'll explain they didn't, but that's I'll leave that little cliffhanger there, but just don't be ashamed of your story. God gave me that story and it's the one for me to tell, to inspire and to help somebody else. And then lastly, don't forget to make the hard decisions. When when you're faced of, you know, you're up against a wall, you're backed into a corner. Sometimes the best decision is the hardest one to make. Yeah. So, you know, anyone that is currently in debt, um, you know, People have probably heard the phrase of how to eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time, right? Um, but also, too, you know, it can be really daunting. And and much like uh, <clears throat> Tom, like you were saying, as far as like with the Ramsey debt snowfall plan, uh, it's trickled down, right? You, you, you personally have to be an advocate to that type of lifestyle and be performing that on a personal level before you can really... And make those lifestyle changes and those... those uh, change those types of habits that you used to have on a personal level, if you ever want to try to incorporate this in the business. So it starts with you look in the mirror, make it happen, but making sure too, that again, it can be really daunting, but if you've got a plan written down uh, and you have others that have surrounded you again, that, that board of directors that you have that can hold you accountable to that, um, that goes a long way. Just, just like going to the gym, it's hard to do it just with willpower alone. Um, you've got to have others in your court and in your corner to see it through. Um, and I will say lastly too, you know, at the end of the day, you want to be like a Rockefeller, not a Vanderbilt, um, Rockefeller's wealth continues to this day. The Vanderbilt's lost all of their money within a generation or two. And you, they both amassed almost the same amount of money. So, um, long-term strategies to keep, to keep, stay profitable, keep the wealth and have that be, be your legacy planning towards the future. Thank you, AJ Rockefeller Neely. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Good lesson, man. Thank you. Tom, I'll give you the last word. So for all the shop owners out there listening, uh, shop owners are, I've, I've, I've been in a lot of shops lately. It's kind of been a passion of mine over the past few years, trying to help out, pay it forward. Shop owners are the nicest staying people you'll ever meet. Um, and, uh, they sometimes forget to be nice to themselves. Not, not sometimes, most of the time. So that would be my advice as uh, shop owners out there. Make sure everybody's winning, including yourself. Uh, quit pricing yourself in a way that lets your, lets your customer win and not let your team and yourself win. And then uh, the other thing too is uh, the reason why I got into so much trouble I got is my dad and I were too busy working in our business and never took the time to take a step back and work on it. So whatever you're, you think is a fire right now isn't probably a fire. Get out of your shop, get in your office, do some projections and some planning and uh, write down some goals. And I promise you, if you put some work in and put some thought into it, it'll all work out in the end. Wow. Great, great, great words. Thank you, Kim Walker, shop marketing pros, former shop owner with a great story. AJ Neely from Neely's Auto Service, Edgewater, Maryland. Thank you for your great advice and wisdom, AJ. And Tom Lambert, owner of Shade Tree Automotive, who's paying it forward every day. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 